Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 44 for Monday, June 17th, 2019. My name is Joel Duggan, and joining me as always is my friend Johnny, or the internet may know him better as Exploding Beds Pixel Riffs. Hello, sir. <laughs> not, not yet, not yet. Fingers crossed. I am trying <laughs> so very hard not to right-click on any of those beds, because yes, I am building in the end this week, and oh my gosh, it's, <laughs> it's such a weird, like... I described it on stream as being like when you're standing on the edge of a cliff and you have that feeling in the pit of your stomach that's like, what if I jumped? What if I jumped? And you know you're not going to, but still, it's that like momentary flicker of doubt that happens every time I walk past a bed now, and I I can't quite take it. It's a it's a little bit fraught, but it's been it's been fun. It's been fun. I remember that feeling the first time that i built something very tall in minecraft over over nothing it wasn't the void it was in the overworld but i was building snake mountain and i was working on like the head of the snake which like hovers way out over this pit uh and um and it was water down below so i I knew the mechanics It's like that's safe even though it's only like two blocks of water like i can jump from here and go and it's that first time that you jump off of something when it's more than just like that one one thousand like it's more than that three to four yeah. block drop. It's like we realize that you've reached terminal velocity and you're going to stay there for a couple of seconds before you actually touch down. Mm-hmm. And man, the pit of my stomach dropped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just like being on a roller coaster, right? Like it's, 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 it's very strange how that kind of like 3D perception kind of works its way into Minecraft. Because uh, I've, I've also done the same thing where I've been hiking in Utah and you're just like, that that is a long way down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They, they even call it the call of the void, don't they? I think there's there's a French term for it. That oh, really? The, I didn't the call know that. Of the void. Yeah, I forget what exactly it is. But yeah. um, maybe some folks in, in the, the Discord or <laughs> some some people on Twitter can fill us in. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it's called something like that. So the void being being very appropriate to me in the end, I guess. So what have you been doing in the end this week? So I did a whole week of videos in the end or about the end, uh, starting with transporting mobs and ending with transporting a pair of villagers out to the outer end islands using a flying machine, which is the first time I've ever really done that. First time I've done anything where I've built a flying machine to go from the central island out. And that's fun. And it's something I actually I kind of I designed the flying machine myself. I did it in creative first to make sure it worked. But I was very pleased with the results. Um, what else did I do? I fought the Ender Dragon a whole bunch of times so that I could generate that portal out in the void. Uh, built my first Ender Ender. Thank you, Nembon, for an incredible uh, Enderman farm design. That's super cool. And yeah, this week I've been building up the landscape around the the village settlement where I want to have them have like effectively a slice of the overworld. Not that they really care. They will. They will still you know commit to village life anywhere as long as there are beds and workstations but i've been building an overworld landscape around them because i thought that'd look really cool to be out there amongst all the moon rock and i'm modifying or or adapting the style of the end cities using wood as a palette so i've got a a kind of reproduction of those modules of the end cities where uh there's like the kind of three stacks like it's kind of stacked like a layer cake but upside Mm -hmm. down and uh, I've got those made out of oak and dark oak wood, and they look really cool. It's really funny just nice. seeing a shape that you're familiar with, but in a different set of materials. So I've been building a few of those as houses. And now I've, I've had a lot of people in the comments, because I'm doing all of this for the Minecraft Survival Guide series, and I have a lot of people in my comments going, wait a minute, are the villagers just not going to wake up because it's always night there? 
and I went, well, it's not really always night. There's just no sun and no moon. And I had to explain in, in the first video that I put out this week that time, as we think of it, is an illusion created for the player. Because, like, the reason you can't sleep in beds in the end is because... Minecraft doesn't want you to set your spawn there for a start so that you don't skip the night, but also so you don't get stranded in the nether or the end, and it doesn't have to set your spawn data for that dimension and make sure that you wake up in that dimension when you die, and all that kind of stuff. It wants to limit those mechanics to the overworld, but as far as villagers are concerned, the in-game timer is still ticking over, so they still have their normal routine. They still go to sleep in beds, they still wake up and work and breed and meet and make iron golems and all that kind of stuff. And it all happens regardless of where they are in the world, because the timer is always consistent. And so explaining that to people was quite fun, and it was something I didn't think I would really have to unpack. But going into the mechanics and really thinking it through and going, well, actually, it's the same time anywhere else that it is in the overworld. It's just I can't see where the positions of the sun and moon are. And it makes perfect sense when you think about it that way. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I've always, I think early on, I was, I was aware of like game ticks and that the, the the game time when you mess around with it in creative mode and you have to you know set time to like twelve thousand or nine thousand or yeah. whatever i kind of just associated that with like well the time still happens in the end because redstone still works and all that yeah. kind of stuff so yeah i i i find the the cool stuff about the end you know with with the sky and, and things like that sometimes you can get some cool texture packs that add like so it's not just this black nothing yeah like it makes it feel a little bit more like a like a dome you know because it is there if you have, if you put a texture to it then it does look like a sky yeah um but uh or like more like a galaxy i guess yeah i've I've, um, I've seen some people build like space stations out in the void and then they have a shader pack or they have a texture pack oh, that fun. makes it look like space around them because if, if you do what i did and and spawn one of those end gateways out there you can effectively have a satellite kind of base there and yeah. it, in in every sense of the word and it, it works it works really well and the void is a great place to do it because you don't have to clear out landscape around it or build like you know mm. 200 or so blocks in the sky above the overworld and have overworld stuff to mess with it it uh yeah it feels very atmospheric out there even without a texture pack though just being surrounded by the kind of vague staticky purple nothingness is is quite it's quite a different atmosphere and and a building yeah. a, building a village and having some overworld but then having a massive end city in the background is still really entertaining to me oh yeah no it looks weird like it, like in a good way like it, it's the kind of thing you don't see all the time in, yeah. in either let's plays or even just regular gameplay i'm curious do you do you know is the is the end uh build limit is it good does it go from one to 256 yeah yeah it's the same oh. in every dimension in java minecraft at least i'm pretty sure in bedrock minecraft you can't build above the nether ceiling and i don't know whether that's technically a build height limit or if that's just some kind of other thing they've got going on they, they've but the the dimension right. itself isn't higher than 128 blocks whereas when they changed the build limit in minecraft from 128 to 256 in the java edition they're like that applied to every dimension so right. even, even though they, the nether has a bedrock ceiling you can still build above it the the end has a a similar height limit yeah yeah okay cool good good to know because because that, that, that kind of sparks some ideas you know to build space stations and kind of cool stuff out of the end that'd be kind of fun yes actually how about uh, you what, I've got a side, 
Sorry, I've got a well. I've got a sci-fi build that I'm trying to plan long term, and and having maybe a portion of that because the sci-fi zone that we've designated on the Citadel is close to an end portal. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, which can be kind of cool. Um, I actually have been spending quite a bit of time in the end myself. I did a stream. Uh, I want to say Tuesday, maybe Thursday. Uh, from from the end, we are re uh, reallocating the uh, Ender pearls from my own Ender Ender, which is I think an earlier version of what you're you're using on on uh, survival mm-hmm. your survival world. Um, still crazy amounts of drops. Like I mean, it's out over the void. So like you, as soon as you get out there, the only thing that's loaded is the spawning platform for the um, for the Endermen. So you, you just get you get to um, mob cap in seconds. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to slay them. But then there's an awful lot of ender pearls that have to be dealt with. And in our server, we actually have a collection system and a water stream that sends the ender pearls through the exit portal, which then spawns them above um, spawn in, in our overworld. And we have a collection system there, another water catchment area that puts them all in a chest. So when you're running low on ender pearls in the overworld, you don't have to go to the end to get them because some of the players on the server don't like going through the nether and it's also a long way. So if you want ender pearls, you can just go and collect them from the chest in the in the overworld at spawn. And because the ender ender is a very good XP and repair farm, chances are someone's used it recently. Mm-hmm. So there's usually several stacks of pearls. Uh, however, we haven't been using it that much and I, and the pearls are starting to, to go down and we moved the enderman farm. So the collection system was not connected so i was doing that on a stream and uh, i found it very difficult to talk <laughs> while yeah. i was building out over the void yeah, bri- <laughs> bridging out over the void is very like you, you have to have your full concentration engaged otherwise you're you, you just one one slip in concentration and you're off the platform and into the void especially if you're building at y one or y zero which i'm pretty which sure which is where i was you're yeah. at the bottom of the world yeah you've got yeah re- i think you've got about a 64 block full distance before you actually start to take damage so if you're quick with fireworks and you slip right. below y zero then you can escape it but you fall very quickly <laughs> so it's, yeah it's very easy to get that far down before you know it and because we've got you know an enderman farm and several other xp farms on on the server I just didn't want to die because I had a lot of building blocks with me. Yeah. I didn't really care about levels or stuff. I took my Electra off because like, well, I don't want to lose them. And if I die, well, whatever. I can get back here in yeah. five minutes and be back up to snuff and no problem. What I didn't want to lose was like the three stacks of slabs that I had to smelt. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then, and then you know, turn into smooth slabs and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that was, it was really fun. It was, it was a cool, it was a nice change of scenery because I've been doing a lot of like, uh, overworld organic stuff with the bridge and then I was doing some some stuff in the swamp base that was you know more geometric but still very much like dealing with water and earth and earth tones and in the end it's just like well whatever looks good and it's a straight line like it's 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 a the most efficient you know way possible to get this um this ender pearl system to where it needs to be which is like you know 200 blocks that way 50 blocks to the left and then up you know like yeah. so it was really very straightforward uh, but also a little bit uh, hair-raising. And I was actually um, surprised. I feel like one of the reasons why I was so um, puckered on the end of my, my my bridge over the void was the new uh, squat or sneak mechanic. Because of the different height of the player, they actually sink you into the block. Right. And a yeah, little so bit. You, you feel lower down, don't you? Yeah, and when you're already and when you're standing on a slab, which is not a full block to begin with, 
And then you, so you feel lower down off the edge of this slab because you're, you're, of course, you're using that technique where you crouch and then you build this single long um, platform or the void. Like it feels like you're going to go through the block. And that's, and that's what had me on edge. It's like, this feels different. This, yeah. I know I know what I'm doing. My pinky finger is flexed, you know, like Schwarzenegger on the shift key. <laughs> but, yes. but, uh, but I still feel uh, very much on the edge where I didn't, uh, where I've done this so many times before. It never seemed to bother me, but I've, I've noticed it now a couple of times. Uh, I did it uh, in, in the nether for something else um, earlier in the week. And I was like, oh, that's what it is. It's, it's this, it's this lower, lower, um, um, uh sneak yes yeah. or sneak sneak height i guess is the best way to put it um uh, oh, to, be that, a, I, to be a bedrock player and be able to place bridges facing forwards oh yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i guess that's part of the idea of scaffolding i never thought about scaffolding in the end but i guess there's nothing for it to fall onto so yeah it really you, wouldn't you, be all that you useful. could only have a six block distance of it and yeah, uh, yeah you, there's nothing to tower onto from that point and i'd be worried about shifting through it by accident right yeah. like you're walking along it and you go to so you go to keep yourself from falling off the end and instead of falling off the end you go through the middle of it and just woof. Yep. <laughs> see ya <laughs> not a good idea mm-hmm. um so the, the only other thing that i was doing i i fixed um the aggro issue that i had with the pigmen in the nether for those of you that play on a server or play in a place where you cannot get rid of the pigmen by just deleting them from the world um if you are op uh, or you get to be op for a brief moment you can uh, switch the world to passive uh, and then switch it back to hard and the pigmen will lose their aggro and reset to normal. You still can't use your farm. You still can't use your gold farm. Um, uh, the infinite aggro loop is still a bug. Uh, we actually got a little bit to cover about that in the news. But um, but yeah, I was frustrated in that I couldn't go to the nether <laughs> mm. uh, because I had all these pigmen that were at at me or mad at me. So I... Um, I figured out a way to to do it. I thought I would relay that here because I didn't do it on stream. It was just something I did kind of on on my own. Um, but that's that's really it. That's all I've been I've been up to. Uh, what do you say we get into some news? Let's do it. Let's start by talking about Minecraft one fourteen point three because I think the the other news from this week, uh, the the kind of coverage of Minecraft Earth and Minecraft Dungeons, leads us into our main topic. So mm-hmm. since you're on that subject, uh, we have a pre-release three for Minecraft one point fourteen point three. Uh, which will be linked in the show notes. And there are a few things of note in this one. Uh, for a start, items can now be repaired by crafting them together again. So that was functionality that was limited to the grindstone. Maybe there was some player feedback that was just, you know, we don't always have access to a grindstone, but we kind of want to combine all these crossbows that we're getting from pillagers and that kind of thing, maybe. I think it's kind of weird, personally, that they've removed that functionality or, or, they've, or they've returned it when it was kind of the focus of the grindstone. But I guess... The grindstone has that secondary thing of disenchanting stuff and giving you XP back, so maybe that was a little bit more important to people. Um, you have torches, lanterns, and pressure plates now being able to be placed on glass panes and iron bars. So you can now not only put a lantern on the top of an iron bar, but you can hang it from the bottom of an iron bar or a glass pane as well. You still can't place it on the side of blocks, though, so I imagine no. there's going to be there's going to be a rant incoming about that. Um, you can now disable raids uh, with a game rule. There's a slash game rule, disable raids true, and that will switch off raids, which I'm sure is going to be a relief to people who have been dealing with infinite raids or at the very least, you know, a, a pillager patrol turning up while they're trying to work on their village, a trading hall. A couple of bugs noteworthy that have been squashed. Uh, the, mentioning the gold farms, the zombie pigmen losing aggro when they're in range and having a line of sight uh, has been fixed. And... 
my favourite, personally, blazes being able to see players through blocks has been fixed. So my blaze farm now works in Minecraft 114.3 pre-release 3, which it hasn't since 114 came out because of blaze aggro chaining. So I'm happy about that. The zombie pigmen thing, though, it's a little bit weird because I've seen various people have input about how this breaks some gold farms, but not all gold farms. And it's a better experience for players who don't want to return to the spot where the zombie pigman killed them and then have the zombie pigman still be mad at them because the dimension unloaded and then the aggro gets saved when those chunks unload. But yeah, I feel like it is breaking gold farms for some people. What's your understanding of how this whole situation works? So this is one of those situations where I really wish that the bug tracker and Mojang would be clearer on the phrasing. Yeah. Because the zombie pigmen lose aggro even when they're in range and have line of sight was a bug that they fixed. So that's good. That means that the the zombie pigmen, pigmen would lose aggro even when they were in range and had line of sight of, for you. For those of you that don't like fighting the angry the zombie pigmen, that's good. That means that there'd be less of a chance that the, the pigmen would be mad for longer. Um, but for those of you that have gold farms, it was a problem because... Um, they would the farm would function as it was designed, but then the pigmen would not behave as they're supposed to. So then the course the farm would break. So they quote unquote fixed it, but in the process of fixing it, now zombie pigmen have to have line of sight to you, which means no glass. There has to be just a clear space for them to be able to see you. Yeah. And so if you're looking at something like the Il Mango, you know, donut farm or the I think it was Snow Crash was the original designer. Yeah. But it's been adapted and built in many different let's plays. You stand in the center and there's a small crack on all four sides where the zombie pigmen can see you. And that is what brings them in uh, on the bottom. But then the bottom pigmen alert the higher level pigmen to say, oh, there's a dude here that we don't like. We got to go get him. And they all come in off of the, the donuts and they don't do that anymore because the guys in the top are just like, I can't see the dude that you're mad at. Whatever. I'm just going to stay here. And then you reach mob cap. And then eventually all of your zombie pigmen are like above the sight line and they can't get to you. So the farms are broken as they are designed. Is there a way to fix them? Probably. Uh, you know, you just have to figure out a better way to to get the zombie pigmen to have line of sight. So I'm sure there's going to be some adaptations coming. I think the reason why we're not seeing it anymore right now is that it's a pre-release, you know, and Moyang seems to be changing a lot in yeah. these pre-releases. And so people are waiting for like the proper 114.3 to actually land before they start doing really extensive iron golem farm stuff, really extensive zombie pigmen stuff. Um, I I just wish that when Mojang would fix a bug, they wouldn't like fix other things that have been in the game for so long that they're features. You know, like it, it's like you have a new window put into your house and you hire someone to replace the window as it exists. And because they think it's good for you, they put in a bigger window than you had before. And you're just like, well, that's fine. But the TV inside the house was hanging next to the window. And now half of my TV is hanging over my window because you've taken out half my wall. I'm glad for the nice window, but I didn't ask for a bigger one. I just wanted the window fixed. Yeah, yeah. And this is the kind of like, it seems like every time lately that they fix a bug, they introduce 
either two more bugs or they break something that has been in the game for a really long time. Yeah. And so it's been very frustrating to try and follow all the bug tracker stuff. Yeah. Because the, um, the, the issue with zombie pigmen basically being permanently angry at you was temporarily changed to zombie pigmen are never angry at you. And then we lose all of the benefits of having them permanently angry yeah, at you. Exactly. So it's, it's like, just what's wrong with putting it back the way it was? I, yeah. You know, again, now I'm not saying that I I feel like Mojangs should change their the way that they code the game to suit technical players and farms and stuff like that. Because, I mean, really, it's not necessarily an exploit, but it's a pretty easy way to get a lot of gold mm-hmm. once you've done... It's a big farm to build, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, once you've done it, it, it does create a lot of XP and a lot of gold and, and stuff like that. And it's fun for players, but it's also not probably the way that Mojang intended Zombie Pigment to work in the first place. Um, I also can appreciate from um, a new or slightly perhaps younger and experienced player's perspective going into the nether and having the zombie pigment aggro not be a giant chain of death instantly. That's not fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, so to have more control over if I build if I build a wall around myself while I'm in the nether to save myself and the zombie pigment can't see me, then they lose aggro. That's actually quite nice, right? Like that's that's a nice way to rather than having to run and hope you escape uh, and more and more and more zombie pigmen getting more and more angry at you because it doesn't matter where you are. They can see you through walls, right? Um, This change where they have to have line on sight of you means that if you run into a place where the zombie pigmen have not seen you yet and the zombie pigmen that you had angry at you has not told anyone in that area, then they're not mad, right? So I, I can see that balance. I don't want to sound like I'm... I'm not seeing the benefit to it, but I just feel like the communication from Mojang is a little bit odd. It's like, yeah, we fixed zombie pigments. Like well, you, you changed them. I don't know if yeah. necessarily fixing them is the right word. Um, but uh, I think the other thing was uh, the, the iron bars and, and lanterns. That was the only other thing that I really had to comment about the, the pre-release uh, is that uh, I find it very odd that, given the reasons that they have out there for lanterns not being able to be placed on the sides of blocks that you can still place torches on the side of glass blocks you can now place all these things on top of pressure plates and glass panes and you're telling me that a lantern on top of a single glass pane which one doesn't really exist you know uh is makes more sense aesthetically and makes more sense in the game than putting a lantern on the side of a block. And that the logic to me just does not compute. Am I happy that you can put them on iron bars? Sure. Uh, cue, cue everybody putting a custom texture pack on single iron bars to look like chains, by the yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> exa- exactly. Because I, I, I hung them from the bottom of um, like a creative test copy of the survival guide world just to kind of hang them from the bottom of a bridge. And I was like, this looks really great with iron bars. If only they look like a continuation of the chain texture from the lantern. And I can see yeah. why, why people would want to do that. Look, It'd make regular iron bars look kind of weird <laughs> if you did it right. But uh, yeah, I expect there could be alternating textures for them. Well, the thing is, I think that if you have it so that the iron bar, if it's not attached to anything horizontally, yeah, right. Yeah. Like I think the way it's, that iron bar, just like bars a really work, thin kind of pixel wide thing. Yeah, so I think the way that iron bars work, if if they're all by themselves, they can have one texture. But if you connect them to something else, then you can still have them look like iron bars. Yeah. So you put two iron bars next to each other, and it looks like a gate, you know, or if it attaches to a 
a block. But if you have it just on its own with air on all you know four sides, then it'll just be a straight straight chain mm -hmm. uh, or something that it doesn't connect to, like stairs and I think fences. And there's a couple of other things that they don't connect yeah. to. But but yeah. Anyway, it, I mean, it's a it's a positive change. I'm not complaining about it. I just it's one of those things where it's like everybody's just like, really, you put all this effort into having them being placed on top of these blocks, and you can't put them on the most obvious place. <laughs> that that yeah. everybody puts them in the real world it's just, it seems a little bit strange yeah uh one one more thing i wanted to comment on is the the disabling raids i kind of hope that that isn't moyang's kind of catch-all way to like I, I i don't want that to be the permanent solution to people having problems with raids is like if you don't like it just disable them because the chance of having like an instant raid if a pillager patrol spawns while you're working on a village which has happened to me and i've done that thing where like you you act before you think and you immediately take out the patrol captain and then suddenly you've got a raid right there um mm -hmm. i kind of hope that's not the the solution they've gone with is just like let's have a game rule for people to disable raids i understand raids are the kind of thing that when you you spawn in a world for the first time you've been playing for a few days you accidentally stumble upon a pillager patrol and you're fighting for your life and then you run back to a village and then suddenly this end game activity is taking place and you've still only got a stone sword I can see that being a frustration and so maybe disabling raids until you're ready for them or something to happen on servers so that raids don't you know disrupt gameplay or people can't use them to grief i understand that but then i don't want it to be raids are just done from this point onwards because i still feel like bad omen should have like a one minute cooldown between like when you receive the effect and when a raid can actually be triggered just to give you time to get out of the village yeah. and find a, find a cow to drink a bucket of milk or something and I don't that's know, a good idea i don't know like how, a... how easy that would be to implement because you you just have a potion effect or status effect like immediately when you get bad omen and there aren't really many others that are like okay you get a minute of this before you get something else but i really feel like you should be given a chance to run away from any nearby villages if you take out a patrol captain in the middle of town and i mean hopefully reduced pillager spawns which are coming in 114.3 and have been in previous releases are going to help with that but still yeah. i i feel like the the potential is still there for it to be very disruptive to people who just want to harmlessly work on a village and i don't think just putting in a blanket game rule uh, disabling raids is really going to be a good option for that i think the other reason too is that you still have a lot of people that have not started fresh worlds but are rolling their 113 worlds forward and they yes. have villager trading halls where the only thing required to make a village are villagers and beds in yeah. any kind of vicinity and all of a sudden you've got a village that can be raided which is could could potentially be in the middle of your base mm -hmm. like in the middle of your giant base that you've been working on for years and and so that that i think might be uh, another reason why they might have that in there i agree with you i don't think i don't want it to be the solution uh, but having that kind of control, I think is, is good. It's like turning fire tick off, you know, like yeah. there's just, there's a quality of life thing. And I think it's, it's a good feature. Yeah. I never thought about it from, from your perspective of, of, um, the new, like the brand new player, just the freak you got spawned in your spawn is, you know, a hundred blocks from a village. And all of a sudden you've got, like you said, a stone sword and you've got to deal with this raid like that. That would be an unpleasant experience. Late, lately, I've been watching a couple of people on Twitch who are just getting into Minecraft. Like I'll browse through and find somebody who's playing Minecraft literally for the first time and they're starting up and then they will see a pillager patrol like after a few days of gameplay when they're still like, OK, how do I put together a, like what stone do I need to make this? And and like right. they, they've barely put together a house. And they're finding pillager patrols immediately and there's like five or six of those guys sometimes with vindicators if they've decided to play on hard and they're not 
easy to take down even if you're like starting out and you're you're at least a little bit combat savvy and then you have the raid happening on top of that especially if you if you're playing on harder difficulties you get like a five or seven wave raid i'm yeah i'm not keen on that being part of a new player experience i feel like that could drive people away and Mm -hmm. i i don't want to be extreme about it because you know some people might relish the challenge and be like well remember that one time that i didn't know what i was doing and i stumbled into a raid ho ho i'm laughing now a couple of years on when i've taken down hundreds of them but Mm -hmm. i yeah i I worry that that might be might be an issue and like i said it's nice to have the control over it for people who just don't want to interact with raids at all they've seen one they've had enough great uh but i don't want it to be a permanent solution for players who just need a bit more balance in the raid experience i agree so what did you think of the minecraft earth footage and and information that's been coming out of wwdc and e3 over the last week I really like the look of Minecraft Earth. I think it's a very neat thing. I've, yeah, having seen a few, there's a few um, additional videos going around now of people trying it out on the E3 show floor. A couple of, you know, prominent Minecraft YouTubers were able to try it out. And I think, because they had a booth there and a few other people have been to try it who weren't necessarily, like, doing a video for minecraft.net you know they weren't they weren't there having their Mm. being kind of like officially represented on the minecraft website and their opinions of it have also been good which gives me a little bit more kind of hope for it it being a good thing and not just people shilling the experience you know um there's there's a couple of things about it that kind of distract me from how cool it is that minecraft stuff is interactive and around you um mainly the kind of flickering border that you have around real people in the picture in some of this footage, I find that really distracting. And I know it's obviously a, a limitation of the fact that human beings' movement is quite difficult to predict, and so they're kind of moving around and they've got clothing and and the, the AR kit is trying to find what's a person and what isn't. And so they, they've, they've usually got like a flickering kind of border of the world around them that disappears quite quickly when they stand still. But it's still something that I really hope you can switch that off if you're playing in public, because that would be really distracting to me to be like in a crowd full of people or like you're on a park bench somewhere. You're like, oh, cool. Let me like grab some wood while I'm here. and Let me build a little thing out out here. And then everybody who walks past is showing up in front of the build you're trying to make. Yeah. Um, and, and they're all kind of flickery and, and distorted. So I hope you can switch some of the AR stuff off because I don't want to see people in my Minecraft build all the time. It's probably going to be one of those things like with Pokemon Go did. I know I, we probably shouldn't keep comparing this to Pokemon Go, but it's another well-known app that used AR features recently where you can just switch on that AR mode if you wanted to take a picture of like catching the Pokemon in a real place. And then you switch that off again. I don't want to switch off all of the AR stuff in Minecraft Earth because obviously that's the point of it. But I do want to be able to take people out of the picture. So I hope you can sort of tell it to not show people when you're playing. Yeah. Um, and something that I realized when I was looking through some of the articles and some of the brief video footage that they had is that you got to remember that some of this footage, they're not clear in the articles whether it's been taken from an iPhone or whether it's been taken from an Android phone. And yeah. some of the AR features, some of the like human occlusion stuff is exclusive to iOS because of the way that the AR kit works yes. on I- iOS. Yeah. And so I think that some of the white flickery kind of like really like not what was promised sort of look, you know, to, to having real people in Minecraft. I'm wondering if that's limitations on some of the other software. Uh, yeah. We saw a really... I'd say a pretty slick demo on the stage at WWDC a week and a half ago. And 
it feels very much from what I can tell from the articles that it's it, the demo is a lot slicker than say real world experience. Yeah. Like reusing it out and around in different places feels a little bit less seamless and, and, um, and slick, but again, like you're on stage at Apple, so they're going to showcase Minecraft Earth in the best way that it, yeah, it gotta looks. Sh- right, going to show it at its best. I'm I'm still interested yeah. in how it's going to perform in environments which aren't a room with a flat floor, because mm-hmm. this is supposed to be getting people outside. My back garden is on a hill. How does that work? You know, am I still going to mm-hmm. be able to see the world around me? Are the blocks going to come outwards from the the side? Is it going to know with the kind of gyroscope that's in the phone what direction I'm facing? I presume some of that stuff can work, but it's still going to be a little bit weird seeing how it interfaces with environments like that. Or if it can, if for whatever yeah. reason you can't have it unless it thinks the ground is a certain level of flat. Flat. Um, yeah. The, the other thing or, is, or if it or if it takes the lowest the lowest level uses that as the base. And then if it if it's at least consistent, then you can say, okay, well, I have to build the the foundation of my house up at a forty five degree angle, even though a chunk of the house in the build is going to be stuck underground. It's not going to be seen when you view it through AR, and you can actually have it so like you know it looks like the house is built into the hill. Well, that yeah. could be cool if it's consistent. Or but it, yeah, I have it, no it, I have no idea how this could work. It generates a hill based out of Minecraft grass blocks or something like that because it understands that this is a slope. It's it's mm. it, it could do stuff like that, but I I want to see it in action. And until it's one of those things where really until I get hands on experience with it, I will not know what my opinion on this is going to be. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it, it it really does seem like it could go. Either either way um from what i've seen in the demos combat seems to be mostly at range the article only the the we got a where is the article from um from we've got one from engadget and engadget. one from minecraft at night yeah yeah, yeah we'll have them I, both in the show notes i read the engadget one and it seems like combat seems to mainly be at a distance so that you get a bow and you can fire at stuff and stuff can fire at you but it doesn't mention like attacking stuff with a sword and that kind of thing and i think maybe that's possibly a good thing to limit stuff from like you know to, to prevent overzealous kids from swinging their phone around like a sword and flinging it across the room mm-hmm. especially if it's a phone that's got the latest kind of apple ar stuff on it. it's probably kind of a current phone and you don't want it to get smashed uh so yeah there, there might be some limitations to it in terms of the survival gameplay the, the the scaling up into real world size and being able to play in that space is still an aspect of it that i'm not 100 percent sure on i like the tabletop building stuff that i've seen like it looks really nice being able to you know look around a scale model of what you're building and walk around it in 3d space instead of having to control your player to go around it and just being able to to tilt the phone to see all of the angles of it is a really neat way of looking at a build and it's Mm. not something that you can really do in minecraft without controlling your player or flying around in creative so it's got a lot of potential for fun stuff and the collaborative aspect of it is still going to be the main draw for me i'm still really interested to see how building something as a team would work we've seen people you know interact with existing probably pre-built stuff and setting off fireworks and pulling levers and that kind of thing but i haven't seen anybody really build all that much building something from scratch yeah from zero it's obviously something that's going to require a much longer video that's not like a two-minute presentation yeah i i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how any of that works uh, Devendra Hardwar was the the person that wrote the article on on Engadget and uh, Hardwar, excuse me, and uh, he he was saying that like the the 
even the stuff that he did, they were able to start to break and move stuff and create like a mud flow down into a pit and build like several layers below the table. And so the, the there wasn't any video of it, which is weird. Um, so maybe there, maybe the only video that Moyang is releasing is the pre demo constructed like treehouse with levers and things yeah. that we've seen a couple times now. Um, whereas it sounds like they were able to build and create and do whatever sandbox things they wanted. It just doesn't, they could share their verbal descriptions of that, but it doesn't appear that they could share any kind of like screenshots or footage yeah. and things and like sh that. And sharing stuff from mobile devices is really difficult anyway because it's got to yes. be plugged in to record to some other kind of capture thing and then you can't mm -hmm. really move around with it as much. So yeah. I, I think one of the things I'm most interested in is how content creators are going to be able to make videos from this <laughs> because even mm. if you've got a screen recorder, if you're also using AR and recording your screen, your battery life is going to be dead very quickly. Yeah. That's very true. I wonder if we're going to see like some sort of setup where someone's going to have like, you know what, you know what a selfie stick, you know, but having two phones on a selfie stick, like one of them is playing Minecraft Earth and the other one is just a camera recording the screen of the other <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as you're trying not to get your finger in the way when you're tapping stuff. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's definitely an odd, an odd choice. I'm still feeling kind of shaky and twitchy on the the footage i i understand that the only way to really communicate this is to use a handheld camera to film a handheld experience so i don't know how much of that is translating into the footage but i'm not feeling like the minecraft builds that i'm st seeing in these demos are really stuck to the tables they feel like they flicker a bit and i don't know if that's just a symptom of the way to share this content right now or if it's if it's a, a a problem within the AR or or an unfinished sort of feature where like it's not quite you know quite there yet uh, but there was a quote in the article uh, especially the one in, on Engadget where that goes into much more detail about a little bit more of the hardware and what's actually happening uh, and that is uh, while the overall Minecraft Earth experience wasn't as dramatically immersive as the promo videos and photos make it seem, it was still better than other AR apps I've tried. The game relies on open street maps for basic mapping data, as well as Azure spatial anchors to keep track of all the players. So there's a little bit more in the article about like what the technology is in different data centers and how they're kind of handling that kind of mass. There's also... Uh, a limit they're not going to let you build on private property so you can't just put stuff everywhere yeah you know it, it, it seems like you're going to be able to play the game on private property and and maybe not publish stuff publicly so it's not going to be like you can't build stuff in your backyard it's going to be you can't post stuff from your backyard and then have it be visible to everybody just, I, Which I, I is guess so. not the impression that the video that they put out there gave, right? Yeah. You get this kid poking up her skateboard and, and looking at the cool castle that she has poking out of her living room, mm -hmm. I guess for her own satisfaction, but yeah. no one else's. Because if that's private property, then you can't see it. Now, maybe through permissions and stuff like that, if you've got a friends list and they can see. So that then that becomes a little cooler, right? Because parents would be concerned, obviously, about privacy, about what kids are seeing in the world that has been built, that kind of thing. And Mojang is going to have, and Microsoft is going to have like a 24-7, you know, um, quality assurance team, etc. Yeah. But uh, if you say, okay, well, me and all my neighbors and all my neighbor's kids can see the 10 houses on our block and we've given permissions for everybody to see it 
then that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. When you go outside to get your morning paper, which I don't think anybody does anymore, but you know, <laughs> if you if you you look down the street at in the morning sunshine and you and you decide, I wonder what Timmy did last night, and you you know open up your phone and realize there's this giant like haunted mansion like sticking out of the side of your neighbor's house, like that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a really fun a fun thing, especially for kids. Like you can imagine you know, the imagination on on kids. You know, and then to have the adults be part of this and experience it with them and just look down the road and see what the kids are doing. Like, I can just imagine, like, the smiles and the, the head shaking. Like, what? Why yeah. is there an octopus tentacle wrapping around my neighbor's front yard? <laughs> like, yeah. it, it, that it, kind of stuff would be fun. It still hasn't really come out how these things are going to be networked, if it's going to be linked to, like, you're all on the same Wi-Fi and it's like a local area network thing, or if there's going to be mm. a friends list integrated into it and you can swap, like, friend codes with people the way, like, Nintendo does. Um, so there's a few things like that. And, and speaking of privacy, by the way, my dad linked me to a really interesting article from The Register, uh, which is a, a UK website as far as I can tell. I'm not really familiar with it, but uh, it started off a little bit wishy-washy, but then it really buried the lead. And th- They were saying Minecraft Earth could, in theory, be providing Microsoft with the means to create a 3D spatial map of the world. Which is a weird thought right. when you think about it, but like consider Google Street View. They are limited by where they can take a car, and that's partly by design. That's partly because obviously they don't want to go into places where they are not allowed, and they don't want to end up, you know, getting getting on the wrong side of the law for like you know going trespassing essentially, like trespassing mm-hmm. with this car. Um, but Microsoft has the technology to be able to pull stuff from the stuff that players share and upload and it effectively becomes like a crowdsourced google street view with potentially millions of people participating and if you look at it like that from a kind of orwellian standpoint this is kind of a a nightmare scenario but i i don't know exactly what information it's going to be able to relay and you know if it is used for that then that's simultaneously cool and terrifying i don't know if that's actually the case and it's probably likely that you can opt out of certain data sharing options just for privacy and stuff like that but that may limit the features that are available to you within the app so it's something that i need to find answers to questions like that and that's only really going to come when the app is more available to people when the open beta starts or when the app actually releases to get an idea of how that stuff is going to be handled because yeah it has the potential to be kind of cool and kind of scary at the same time Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and especially in countries like Europe, where they're really clamping down on privacy. I say countries, like the countries of Europe, where they're really clamping down on privacy and what data is being shared and transparency yeah. and stuff like that. And and I mean, companies like Facebook and and Google are always in the news, and in uh, I guess the US and the world for for their privacy, you know, issues and concerns. So I it, it's it's not treacherous, but it's it's tricky water. I want to say when you've got location data, privacy concerns, and ultimately kids, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. all rolled all rolled into one one sort of situation. I don't know. I haven't. I didn't see a big privacy uproar with Pokemon Go, and that no. would also be location data stuff. But I wonder if I wonder if it was like a one sided thing, like you're receiving but you're not necessarily sending but i don't know yeah. how that would work yeah it, it, it uh, yeah. kind of depends but there, there wasn't really the capacity for pokemon go players to put stuff in the world aside from putting pokemon in the gyms 
that were around here and right. there. And, and that's yeah. literally just like, I visited this location. It's like checking in on Foursquare or something, right? right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so I don't know how that relates to what Minecraft Earth is. And once again, we, <laughs> we're getting back to comparing Pokemon Go to Minecraft Earth. But Well, I mean, it's the, it's the closest thing that we have to compare, right? It's, yeah. it's the, the late, I mean, they, they joke about it, I think, in the in the uh, in Gadget article about it being like a, essentially like a, a geocaching, you know, with prizes. Yeah. Uh, whereas Minecraft Earth seems to be much, much more uh than that so it should be interesting but we we have another article from ars technica which is another hands-on uh about minecraft dungeons but that leads into the main discussion so i was wondering if we could take a minute to read the chunk mail and then we just can just go straight into the discussions about minecraft dungeons and just Absolutely. tie it all into one one yes. combo looking looking forward to unpacking dungeons a little bit but first we have an email this week from noxus cookie and daughter so thank you both for your emails uh it says hello pix and joel my daughter and i listen to your podcast whenever we're in the car Currently, we have made it to episode 33. Good going. Got another 11 to uh, catch up on, I guess. Started listening to it on my own, and soon after, she started listening to it with me. Today, she asked me to get in touch with you guys for her. And so this is from Lil Nox's Cookie. Hey, Pixel Riffs and Joel. My name is Liliana. I wanted to tell you guys thank you for making the spawn chunks. I'm not very good at playing survival Minecraft, and listening to your videos helps me play better. Keep up the good work, guys. Love the podcast. Nox's Cookie. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's such a sweet email. I really enjoy hearing that we've got parents and kids that listen to the podcast mm -hmm. uh, because it's it's tough. I, I Many of my friends that are, are parents have a hard time with the entertainment that their children are consuming. It's usually like eye-rolling bad for the parents. The kids love it, but the parents are like, oh gosh, is this over yet? Um and, and it's nice to kind of have that tip of the hat where, because we don't necessarily aim the content of the podcast at younger audiences. We, I mean, you and I are, you know, both adults. We aim the, the podcast at adults, but it's really cool that, that kids are listening with their parents and everybody can get something out of it. So um, hi, Liliana. Thanks. Thanks for listening. And, and I hope that you get better at survival Minecraft. There's only one way to go and that's up. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder at what point they'll be listening to this episode if they've still got a little bit of catching up to do. It could be a couple of weeks down the line, maybe. But Oh, maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. The, at the rate that some of our listeners devour the content, sometimes they, it might only be a couple of days before they're caught yes. up and they're like, hey, when's when's episode 45 coming out? <laughs> we, we appreciate the binge listeners, but we've got a lot of episodes now. So so, uh, yeah, take your time. There's no rush, really. So let's talk about Minecraft Dungeons. Let's break this stuff down because we obviously had the E3 announcement of Minecraft Dungeons. And from what I was aware of, there was not a playable demo of Minecraft Dungeons on the show floor, but they were able to take it into kind of studio interview situations and they'd have it playing in the background while two of the devs uh, and producers of Minecraft Dungeons would talk through the features of the game. So we have a decent amount of information now, including this Ars Technica article about what exactly we know. So I've got a long list here of features. Shall we just work through it point by point and then and then kind of give our, our opinions on it? Sure. I thought the Ars Technica article was written by someone that had a chance to play the game. Uh, maybe, maybe they had a bit of a chance to play the game, or maybe it was, oh. yeah. Uh, I, I, from what I've seen, like the the studio interviews they've done, there hasn't been anybody playing it live. So I don't I don't think there was like a playable demo, at least open to the public. Maybe a few people got a behind the scenes, hands on uh, look at it. And so I I'm I've read so many articles over the last week about E3 and hands on and this that and the other thing. I might have been getting things confused, uh, but yeah, no, we can. I think we should just go go through with maybe what we know mm -hmm. and yeah. and where we can go from there. 
So the game is going to be a four-player local or online co-op game, but it is possible to play solo. It's probably going to be more fun with friends because you get revived by your friends and that you only lose a life if the whole team goes down if you're playing with multiple people. But So it's going to be up to four players but can still be played solo. Uh, there are no predefined character classes. This is something we knew from quite early on. You switch weapons and armor on the fly and that basically decides on the build for your character. So if you put on a bigger piece of armor, you're going to have more defense. You're going to be able to tank more hits, but you're probably not going to be able to move as fast or use certain types of weapons because you don't have enough like swing room or something like that in this big bulky armor. Meanwhile, you can switch to some faster weapons and be able to, you know, jab away and pick away at some of the smaller enemies, but you might not do as much damage as if you're swinging a massive hammer. In addition to weapons and armor, there are going to be three ability slots, which can be assigned kind of accessories for special powers. We've seen a corrupted beacon, which fires this giant beam and mows down stuff in front of it, but that also includes accessories like a dog treat that summons a wolf, that'll fight alongside you, or there's like a, a builder golem kit that spawns an iron golem that can help you and probably do massive damage. Uh, so weapons and armor can be enchanted, much as the way they can in Minecraft, but instead you're using enchantment points instead of like levels and lapis. You'll earn the enchantment points as you play, and it's possible to salvage some of your gear that's enchanted so you can get those enchantment points back. You're basically uncrafting the gear. And you notice in a couple of the screenshots that are in the Ars Technica article and elsewhere in the trailer, you'll see there's a salvage button you can click on, which presumably breaks that down into, if not its component parts, then at least it recovers you a bunch of enchantment points. Uh, there is a currency. You can use emeralds to buy gear from new merchants. And I've, I thought, finally, a use for the wandering trader. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, I thought it'd be, it'd be kind of fun to have the wandering trader in there. And from what I've seen in one of the screenshots, there is a wandering trader who's being held hostage by pillagers in a scene where there's just tons of pillagers swarming around an enemy. So, uh, so magical items are powered by souls, which is, I guess, kind of an, another currency kind of like mana points mp or whatever the kind of thing that you'd normally find in a an action rpg uh you collect those from killing mobs and you'll be doing a lot of that because as with the pillager uh raid kind of situation some of those dungeons and and rooms seem to have a very high density of enemies you're doing a lot of like area control moves and sweeping sword attacks like doing mm. area area of effect kind of stuff because you'll get swarmed by a bunch of stuff quite quickly so it's not necessarily going to be quite the same as minecraft combat in the current version of minecraft it's going to be very different in fact um players will have a map to help you navigate the dungeon or biome and you have a primary objective for each area there's going to be an arrow leading you to what you're the, the reason you're there but there are going to be secondary objectives that pop up to block your way so you'll you'll go okay i have to go straight through this dungeon to get to this part this this part of the thing where the boss is but then you'll notice there's a gate in the way and you have to track down a key or you know something has blocked the path and you'll need to clear the path or you'll need to find a way around and secondary obje objectives will kind of get in the way as you adventure uh, your character has a level, according to the inventory screen. There's also a power stat, which I couldn't quite work out how that was calculated, but it seems to be the sum of your weapon and perhaps like a basic power level for the character. Maybe your accessories and other gear lead into that as well. Uh, there have been at least two bosses mentioned, and it has no mention of the Ender Dragon or the Wither. Your bosses instead are the Arch Illager, who seems to be this little kind of <laughs> kind of guy who's like flying around in the trailer with a a stick and hitting stuff uh like a, a little guy basically like an angry baby is what, what he looks like to me. um 
And there's also um, mentioned in the Minecraft.net article a, a character called the Nameless One, who's like an undead ruler. He basically rules over all of the skeletons that you see marching through the Desert Temple level. Uh, speaking of which, there are two levels that they've mentioned by name, uh, which are Fiery Forge and the Desert Temple. Fiery Forge seems to be the one with the, the lava on either side and where the kind of redstone monstrosity-looking stone golem-type things are. And there are going to be four featured skins for the game. Uh, the one in the trailer is called Valerie, uh, which I think is a really solid pun on Valor, by the way. Uh, kind of oh, like nice, as, yeah. as a bravery adventure kind of thing. Uh, and apparently, according to the, the interview on Minecraft.net, is apparently up to the player to choose their appearance. I want to know if that means we can include our own Minecraft skins. Because personalization, I think, is such a big part of Minecraft. Like, it's un underrated in terms mm -hmm. of how much it feels like Minecraft is your world. And it's especially important to content creators. Like, I would love to see myself kicking butt as my own Minecraft character, my own kind of Minecraft rendition of me. And I bet some younger players would love to play as, like, Mumbo or Stampy or whoever. And th There are people who have Legend of Zelda skins, which would feel right at home in a dungeon-crawling kind of hack-and-slash combat situation. So I'd like to see some more about whether or not we're going to get, you know, customizable skins and stuff like that on that sort of level. Even if it's just the head, like even if it's just the face. Yeah, Because totally. you're going to be covered in armor and all that kind of stuff anyway, so I don't know if they'd be able to do the whole skin, but it would be cool if you could have the, at least the, the face. There might be a few options to switch between in a kind of standard character creator sort of way where there'll be different skin colors and different facial features and probably a few different basic clothing sets that you can put on, that kind of thing. So if not importing your Minecraft skin wholesale, you might be able to come up with something that's a uh, roughly an approximation of how you play Minecraft now. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the, the UI for the character screen, and there's three item slots. Like you said, there's the ranged weapon and then the, the handheld weapon, the spot for your levels, your power levels. But then there's only one spot for armor, and it just it appears to be like chest, shoulders sort of armor. And they don't, like in other dungeon crawler games, you usually have spots for like bracers and leggings and boots and chest yeah. plates and helmets and so you can change all that kind of stuff it doesn't look at this point either in this screenshot which you don't know what what time in the game they are it's a level 17 character but are there 100 levels we don't know yeah um so that could be that could be early on maybe you can unlock more armor slots as you go if they really want to make it a, a solid dungeon crawler loot game then i think more slots and more character customization would be better yeah because that's that's what you're going to want to grind for right it seems like most of the options when it comes to items as, as far as like building a class or whatever goes is probably going to be in the accessories if it stays as it is right now so it's going to be mm. are you a magic user do you have like a, a fishing rod to kind of pull enemies around and stun them and then kind of get them with the rogue daggers sort of thing or are you going to be building a completely different class of character and and focusing all of your accessories into like attack and defensive power there's there's a couple of mentions of items which boost your attack boost your defense and give you temporary buffs like that so there is a lot of options there seem to be about 15 inventory slots there's a scroll bar next to it but it seems to be roughly 15 so mm -hmm. inventory management is going to be a factor you can probably sell some of this stuff to buy more stuff and yeah there are assumptions we can make but that seems to be basically all we know for a fact so far what we've seen in in interviews um i still have a couple of questions about this which we might be able to get into first of all i want to know if there's going to be cross play between platforms if it's switch players only going to be able to play with switch players or if it's going to be possible for my wife to log in on switch and then me to be able to play on pc 
or if somebody has an xbox and they've got a ps4 in the other room are those two going to be able to interact i know obviously with the bedrock edition of minecraft switch players windows 10 players mobile players they can all play together ps4 is kind of left out on its own because of sony's kind of not really playing nice with crossplay stuff uh, so I don't know what the interaction between those is going to be, and nobody has made any mention of that, really. They haven't answered any questions about it being cross-platform compatibility, so that is yet to be seen. My only other question is, will any of this make it back around into actual Minecraft? Because there's a bunch of stuff in those trailers that I think would look really good. Especially, yeah. like, th there's glowing mushrooms and stuff like that. There's so, so nice, like, little atmospheric details that I'm like, if you brought us a caving update, and the caves didn't even change very much, but there were glowing mushrooms in the cave, I would 100% go, I would be on board. I'm like, I want, I want, like, little light sources and stuff like that. There <laughs> seems to be a lot of stuff visually in minecraft dungeons that would be i want to say from outside the developer process an easy add mm -hmm. right like yeah. glowing mushrooms doesn't really affect much you maybe want to add another suspicious stew or something else to the game but like it's it's not going to make and break combat flight building capability like it's not going to be an entire overhaul of of the game to add some of these things in there um, and I know I know what you mean. I, something about the gameplay with with Minecraft Dungeons that I really enjoyed was they talked about um, an arrow popping up and kind of giving you direction as to where to go. Yeah. But don't worry, it's not easy mode. Um, the Minecraft Dungeons are procedurally generated, and so while you're in the dungeon, it it's nice to have that map. It's nice to have that that arrow sometimes especially if it's your second or third time through and of course the thing has been completely re redesigned and relay you know the layout is different um but the the arrow the hint arrow and stuff disappears when you're in a room where you have to solve a puzzle mm -hmm. or find another objective and so that's nice that it doesn't like hold your hand the whole way it's it's if you get to a point where you're kind of stuck they'll say okay no, now you gotta really play before you go on i would hope that they might allow players to turn that off yeah like, i just, don't just have i don't like necessarily a, a turn off hints kind of thing for like people yeah. with multiple playthroughs yeah yeah they just you know i don't necessarily need a green arrow telling me to where to go all the time mm -hmm. um the the other thing that i thought was really interesting when they were discussing the key golem and how that works is that uh it's to unlock a door instead of just finding a key in a chest somewhere you actually have to uh kidnap this key golem so you have to like attack him to the point where he submits and then we'll go with you yeah uh, if you get hit by a bad guy while holding the key golem the key golem will run away yeah <laughs> like you'll drop him and he'll scurry off in the, like, in that's the trailer like, you can see them carrying it to a door and it's like on the player almost like it's in a backpack and it's just kind of stuffed into a pocket of a backpack somehow yeah 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 so i i like the idea of a key that has a mind of its own like it's very kind of disney you know alice in wonderland kind of stuff i, yeah. I think that's a that's a neat mechanic that i think is very very cute and and very clever uh and uh i the, the other thing that i was i was looking at and they seem to show a lot of underground stuff and what overground stuff they show is very tight they don't show very large vistas but apparently some of the the levels are are above ground i've some of the devs have mentioned like yeah it's called minecraft dungeons but much like a lot of other games like this there's going to be some levels where you're just you're on the surface like yeah, you're not going to be like a, a snow biome or the, it starts off on the the main trailer that we saw it kind of starts the gameplay section of it in a forest type of biome and yeah. I presume that that sort of they they walk towards a temple kind of structure and they go underground from there pretty quickly. But we can presumably expect some more of that. 
It's also set like at night time, which is great because that's when mobs spawn. So like in terms of the the in-world lore of Minecraft that the monsters are only come out at night, it makes sense for that for that particular setting. And the same goes for that that pillager scene I was talking about. It seems to be like a pillager camp. They've got a couple of wagons and that seems to be in like a forest clearing kind of thing. So maybe mm. there are elements of it that are going to be outside in in different overworld biomes as well. Yeah, the article goes to great length to say like it's not very different than Diablo 3. Like yeah. it's it's v taking a lot of inspiration from from that kind of a thing. But don't get me wrong, that's not bad is essentially yeah. the message. It's like no, if you like those kind of games and you like Minecraft, then you're going to like this. Like it's it's a it's something that's not pretending to be something it isn't, which is good. Um, cause something about Minecraft as complicated as it is, it has a very straightforward approach in terms of just the core gameplay. Yeah. So to have a dungeon crawler and have like, don't try to rewrite, you know, the, the box, right. Don't, don't try to recreate the genre, just do a good dungeon crawler. Cause if it, if it is what it, what people are expecting it to be, it's just also fun and in a minecraft world then i think you've got i think they might have a, a really solid hit yeah um, and and from what i've seen just looking at the trailer it's visually appealing the gameplay looks very slick and obviously they're going to be giving you their best stuff at e3 but it does seem like a quite a well put together experience the ui seems quite refined I wasn't looking at any of it and going, you know what, I would tweak that. And like, there's definitely games that come out now where they're action games and they've got super fun stuff, but the inventory is just a complex mess. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, while obviously, like you said, it would be cooler to have slots for multiple pieces of armor, at least to the extent that we have in core Minecraft, it is a nice thing to to see the, the UI be kind of like simplified and stripped back and everything is just intuitive and right there on the surface instead of having to dig too much deeper. Yeah. And we don't know. I mean, you could click on that. I mean, they show it uh, in the enchantment screenshot. When you click on the hammer, there's an enchantment window that opens up that looks like it might continue down vertically where there's one or two of pot potentially 12 enchantments yeah uh uh sitting there you could just as easily click on that armor icon and then have an armor window open up on the right hand side there that does show chest helmet yeah Maybe. Leggings. like we, we don't know we just we just we haven't seen enough yeah um, it's like if you pick I'm, up armor you pick up like the full set of armor instead of just one piece yeah i mean i'm of course disappointed that it's not coming out for max so i'm gonna mm -hmm. have to find another way to play it if i can play it at all um we'll find I a way am... joel we'll find a way we yeah need, we need to get a, a spawn chunks yeah. like dungeon raiding team together I yeah think. well and this is where that crossplay thing comes into to bear right like yeah. i mean if i end up checking out we mentioned this a little bit in the pre-show but if we talked to if, if i end up checking out google stadia which is an excellent way for someone that doesn't have a gaming pc to get access to this kind of thing if this comes to the stadia platform could i then play with you who was probably going to own it on pc right yeah so that that kind of thing is an interesting interesting idea but again we just we just don't know yet um so one of the things that, that visually i mean the, we, you mentioned how good the game looks and i agree it, it atmospherically it's very very cool because they're doing things that they they can't do in in core minecraft yes um what stuff have you seen that you are hoping uh maybe comes over to minecraft um, aside from some of the mobs, I love those redstone monstrosity mobs. I think they're pretty cool. And mm -hmm. somebody has already done like a, a, a mob model of one of them. I'm not sure if it was for Java or Bedrock, but they did. I think the Dungeons Twitter account or maybe one of the devs did like reshare that on, on Twitter where somebody had already modeled 
the redstone monstrosity as best they could from the angles that they'd seen it and it looks really cool just sat there in a creative world so i would kind of like to see some stuff like that um but there are shields decorating walls and that's something everybody wanted when they were introducing shields to java minecraft in the first place back in 1.9 and all you can do with a shield right now is attach it to an item frame or give it to an armor stand that has arms which you can't even get normally in java minecraft unless you use commands but they have like actual um heraldic style shields on the walls where they're kind of like a um a pointy shape at the bottom i don't know what the, the shape is actually called other than to call it a shield but they've got stuff like that and i would love more wall decorations like that i feel like paintings and various other things that we can add to walls feel a little bit limiting in terms of the the vibe sometimes um mm -hmm. there are statues there's like a statue of a horse at one point and I'm, I'm just zeroing in on that going like a horse statue would be so cool um in terms of like the atmosphere of it as well there are fireflies at night in the forest level and that's something that atmosphere um mods and stuff like that have been adding to minecraft for the longest time and it really does change the vibe it's like hearing crickets or seagulls when you're at the beach or some of the stuff we've talked about before with like birds and butterflies and ambient noise being added stuff like that just seems like a no-brainer for minecraft down the line it's not going to change gameplay or really mess with anything it's just going to be nice to have little glowing points of light for for the sake of of atmosphere and they really you know they're just a particle effect at the end of the day they wouldn't really add much uh, there are some actual chains speaking of the lanterns and how iron bars could be chains <laughs> there are some yeah. actual chains hanging in the foreground of one of these shots and i'm like chains you guys bring bring yeah. us them uh, but also accessory slots thinking about the way the minecraft dungeons inventory works it'd be really cool to have accessory slots as a player and some accessories to put in them right now we just have the armor we have the shield offhand and there are definitely mods like Thorncraft and like i think there's like a baubles mod or something like that that adds rings of power that you can equip that give you slightly better attack power or like a slower cooldown time for swinging your weapons that kind mm. of thing so why not take some of the approach of the accessory slots from minecraft dungeons maybe start to introduce that to the core minecraft experience especially if combat is getting an overhaul in the next update it seems like a good idea to start to merge the the, the fictions of these two versions because we know minecraft dungeons isn't supposed to be strictly canonical you know it's not part of the core minecraft experience really but there are some ideas there that could really make some headway into minecraft itself yeah cough cough smithing table cough, yes cough. Yeah, yeah exactly like yeah that. i i i can i can see that being something where I feel like you could even use Minecraft Dungeons. I mean, obviously they want to make it its own game and they want it to work very well, but if they had some ideas and they wanted to test them out in terms of how combat works, how um, buffs and how trinkets and how accessories might work in, in Minecraft, then I think introducing that idea and testing out those mechanics to seeing how people uh, like them in Minecraft Dungeons um, is a cool is a cool way to do it. I also kind of wonder because I know that back when I played Diablo, Diablo would get patches and would get updates and things like that, and it would change the stats of some things. I don't, we don't know, um, but I was I'm wondering whether Minecraft Dungeons, after it's been out for a bit, will ever get like patch updates, you know, fixing yeah. certain things. Like whether it's going to be this kind of ongoing development development type thing that we're used to with Minecraft. Um, you see apps like you know we talked about minecraft earth earlier but you see iphone apps and games get updates all the time yeah um they're low-key they don't make a lot of pomp and circumstance about it so 
one would think that the way that Minecraft has been working so far with different versions and different updates and betas and things like that, that you would you would also see, you know, like a Minecraft Earth 1.1 or 1.2 if they released a new feature, a new content. Same with dungeons. Like if there's a new mob or a new dungeon or a new zone that they released, then they might... Um, that kind of thing maybe is more of an expansion. But if they wanted to tweak the way that combat was working, you, you could potentially see them doing like a... a an update kind of um, yeah. rollout. Sort if they of thing. could, if they could have kind of coordinated events, almost like the the way the way that some games where they have kind of crossover events, like Monster Hunter and Final Fantasy fourteen had one of those recently. There's a two kind of big Monster Hunty kind of MMOs, and I think um, it'd be really cool if if a bunch of new mobs got introduced to core Minecraft, then they become like a they they, they end up making a level based around them in Minecraft Dungeons. It it can it can be kind of like a a crossover event sort of situation and and thinking about that we talked about the stuff from dungeons we would like it to we would like to get into minecraft somehow but what about stuff from minecraft that it'd be really cool to have in dungeons knowing what we know about how dungeons isn't going to be a game where you really do all that much kind of crafting and building and breaking of blocks and that kind of thing is there anything you can think of because i've got i've got a couple of ideas the only thing i can think of that we have not seen is any kind of redstone puzzle right yeah. so it looks like it's mostly magic and and like um fantasy type stuff there doesn't yeah. appear to be any kind of like real techie looking stuff there are mine carts and mine tr cart tracks but beyond that you don't get it. most of it seems to be more mystical than any kind of technical stuff yeah yeah so it would be kind of cool if there was a zone where you're entering in like you know an ancient pyramid or something that was more technologically advanced or some sort of mysterious culture where you, the puzzles that you have to solve are, in fact, maybe completing redstone circuits and things like that. That, yeah. that to me, would be would be kind of cool. But I haven't really thought about much to bring from Minecraft to Minecraft Dungeons because most of what I see in Minecraft Dungeons looks cooler than what's currently in Minecraft. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would love to see just little Easter egg things, really. Like the, the fact that Mi Minecraft now has all of these little kind of small features here and there and... Easter egg things that you don't tend to think about in average survival gameplay, but it'd be really fun to make references to them in Minecraft Dungeons. For example, if at one point you came across uh, a scene where there were some illagers hanging out, they hadn't noticed you yet, there's like a um, an evoker and they, they're doing that thing where they turn red sheep into blue sheep or whatever right like, it'd be it'd be really funny to like see somebody do in, in like a kind of an off almost off camera kind of thing before they all spot you and the fight starts or like uh somebody a, a jeb sheep or something that's name tag dinner bone so it's upside down or like you know how around halloween um zombies and stuff can generate with pumpkins on their heads in java minecraft and right and how at christmas you get uh chests looking like christmas presents instead of chests for for a couple of days it'd be cool if like you know time sensitive stuff like that would end up in minecraft dungeons almost as like an easter egg reference back to uh the the original minecraft game i don't know it, it'd be it'd be fun to see stuff like that that wouldn't be completely game breaking but would just be an in joke that you know experienced minecraft players and people who are into the minecraft sort of culture for want of a better term uh could could notice and be like yes i got that i understood that that reference you know I, i'd mm. like to see some stuff like that creep in here and there yeah I, I can see that kind of stuff being a little bit a little bit easier for for me bringing stuff out of minecraft dungeons and into minecraft i'm seeing an awful lot of textures that i really like and they mm -hmm. wouldn't be 
they wouldn't be game breaking. Like there's a there's a screenshot about where it looks like it's like a desert temple, and there's parts where like the sand and the sandy bricks are like more or less sand covered, and there's like maybe two or three different textures. Sand looks like it also has layers, like snow currently yeah. has layers. Yeah, in, yeah. In Minecraft, stuff like that was just like ah, that just looks that looks so good. Things like rope fences, you know, yes. just yeah, th- yeah. Again. It's the same. It takes up the same space and looks like it functions the exact same way as a fence. It's just a different texture so that you can actually have like a rope bridge. Um, those kind of things, I think. Uh, and uh, you mentioned fireflies, but I the one the thing that I saw that was uh, ambient was uh, braziers. Uh, yeah. Little yeah. Spiky cauldrons that have coals in them that glow in the corner. And it would be interesting as far as, you know, mood lighting to have something that's added to Minecraft that has less than a 15 level light level like mm-hmm. something that comes in at like a five or an eight or something like that there's also some really dang good looking carpets in this <laughs> and there's yes. like i'm seeing carpet yeah. patterns and i'm like oh the patterns though the, the key is just sat down on there's like five or six different carpet patterns just in that room and i'm like mm-hmm. whoa we're just working with like magenta or cyan over here come on give us more give us more yeah uh, it's too it's too bad that you can't do the same sort of things with carpets that you can do with banners in minecraft yeah with, like, the loom yeah. i mean i can understand where that would get like crazy complicated but uh to or even to just have something like um how they treat glazed terracotta in in, yeah. in minecraft to, to be able to do that specifically like if you put a blue carpet through the loom then you get a blue patterned carpet and that's the only pattern that you get sure but mm-hmm. it would give it would give like you could have a little bit more fun in decorating your woodland mansions and your your fancy castles yeah. and stuff like that if you had carpet that had like a you know a embroidery or something like like, like the llama carpets they've always got different yes. different kind of patterns yes. on and stuff like that yeah 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 all right, well, I think that's going to wrap up our discussion for today. It's been great to talk about Minecraft Dungeons and finally get some more information about the game because goodness knows we've been waiting a while since it was first announced at Minecon, but very cool to see more of that. Would love to hear you guys' thoughts on it as well. Joel will have the email address for you shortly, but for now, that wraps up another episode of The Spawn Chunks. Thank you so much for listening. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me, and The The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get some value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join our community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat and get us ever closer to achieving our milestone goals. We're currently at 114 patrons, which is up from last week. Hello, new people! And special thanks to our content engineers, JD Williamson, Pajitos, and Yitz for supporting this episode. We appreciate you guys. Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. It's 100% free to just poke a friend in the arm and say, hey, this is good. You should listen to this. Uh, You can find us at The Spawn Chunks on Twitter and Instagram if you'd like to share or retweet the posts that we put out there. And uh, you can also email the show at thespawnchunks at gmail.com. We get that asked a lot, actually. Uh, Thespawnchunks at gmail.com. Very easy to remember. You can also find us on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, and Spotify by just searching for the show name. And we do have the show posted on YouTube for the folks that like to listen to their podcasts there. The RSS feed for the show is linked at thespawnchunks.com. And the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page. That's the only place that you can listen to the render distance, the extended version of the podcast. 
My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixelriffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixelriffs, where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called the Minecraft Survival Guide. I stream three days, three days a week on Twitch, doing behind-the-scenes work for the Survival Guide series, and I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. Aside from that, I'm at Pixelriffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything that I am doing online is at joelduggan.com. That includes my illustration and design portfolio. You can also tune into the Citadel Cafe, a podcast where I talk about sci-fi and geeky entertainment with a couple of friends. Recently, we talked about E3. So if you are listening to this and you're into other games besides Minecraft, then you might want to check that out with my friend Lou and I. Uh, coming up this week, I think Brockett's back. So we're going to have a lot, of, a lot of talk, a lot of fun stuff. He's into video games as well. So we might touch on E3 again this week too. You can find me on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram with all just my name. I'm super easy to find. I'm going to point you towards Twitch where I stream Minecraft and I'm going to try to branch out. I'm going to take a page from Pixelverse book and try to play some other games in the next little while. So check that out. That's twitch.tv twitch slash Joel Duggan. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite and there are now more dungeons.